0: Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com. This is a Paramount podcast. I am Mike Casaza. Here on Saturday evening, West Virginia defeats Cincinnati handily. 42-21 a Mountaineer field. Seven regular season wins for the Mountaineers. Five in the Big 12 Conference. These do not sound like impressive statistics overall, however. Go to the catalog of West Virginia seasons in the Big 12. Seven to five are pretty good with one game left to go. Mountaineers will go to Baylor next week looking for an eighth regular season win, a six big 12 win. And probably an eager invitation from a bowl game if this offense continues to produce like it did this evening. To help me out explaining the events tonight is absolutely nobody. Chris Anderson off celebrating, leaving the show to me this evening. So away we go. Where do you begin here? Well, let's begin at the very beginning. The Mountaineers, eager to get the taste of turf out of their mouth following last weekend's 59-20 loss to Oklahoma. Win the opening kickoff, elect to receive. Go down the field. Quickly, three plays, three first downs. And by the way, shot play, Garrett Green, trailing Ray. Quick screen, outside, Rodney Gallagher. Handoff, Jaheim White. True freshman, true freshman, true freshman. Skill player, skill player, skill player. Electric, electric, electric. First down, first down, first down. You see where I'm going. The Mountaineers needed to inject some juice into things. They not only won the toss and took the ball, they got the ball to those three guys to start the game. That is not a coincidence. They sit down and they script these things. Not just the plays, but where the ball goes on those plays. Garrett Green could have thrown it so many different in either one of the past plays. Except Trailing Ray was wide open. That's the design. The screen goes outside the Gallagher because that's a design. And the handoff goes to White because that's a design. Can't overlook that. And it works. Zipping down the field, holding penalty derails, and they end up missing a field goal. Okay, what's so big about that? Intent matters, and they were intent on doing something ambitious on offense to start and to snap out of whatever happened to them last week. Then we see Cincinnati do something kind of obscure to me. And I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill at the beginning of the game, but this game didn't last very long, and maybe it ends right here. Change a quarterback for the Bearcats. They put in Brady Lightenburg. They do not start Emory Jones. And Emory Jones had an okay game last week. 13 for 16, modest yardage, clean game, and they win. However, they start Brady Lightenburg. Pass for three, handoff for five, handoff for one. They've engineered a quarterback change. They get the 4th and 1 at the 43 on the first drive. And they punt. And if you ask me, the game was never the same after that. West Virginia goes right down the field. This time, no penalties. They get out of their own way. Touchdown, Garrett Green. Now we put Emory Jones back in at quarterback. Not the starter. Replaced. Guess what? A long 4th and 2. Punt. Had to time to think about that one, too. Quarter change. West Virginia gets the ball. And this is a key here. Again, quick here. Game didn't last long. Let's not focus on the beginning and small stuff, but this does matter. White's in the game again. Run for three, run for one. Excuse me, loss of one. Sets up third and eight. Green drops back and has something maybe. I'm not sure he's comfortable with it on the right side. Does he go there? Is this safety going to run underneath it? Is that linebacker in my line? What do I do? Tuck and run, eight yards. And here's the thing. On this play by Garrett Green, it's an eight-yard run. It's a first down. But you know your head coach. If you get seven, if you get six, do you go for it? I don't know. But you know you have a second down sometimes here. Not second down like first down, second down. But you know you have another down in some situations. I'm not sure that happens here. They're at the 17-yard line on the snap. Green runs, gets 8 yards, but I wonder if it's 4th and 1 at the 24. Do they go for it? Hmm. I don't know. But I wonder if that's also in the quarterback's mind. Let me give myself a chance either to get the first down or to get darn close. And my coach may have faith in this offense to gain 1 yard. That was not the same on the other side of the field. And what happens the next play? West Virginia springs a trap on Cincinnati that they have been planning for a while. Somebody was going to get this. Just like we saw that fake toss on the outside and the seam pass to Cole Taylor for a touchdown against BYU. That had been set up for a while, right? We've talked about Rodney Gallagher getting handoffs, being used kind of as a running back, whether he's in a jet sweep motion or even in the backfield, which we saw tonight like in a diamond formation. Hmm. Well, this time he's in that jet sweep. It's a play action. And that running back is always a blocker on this play. This time, Jaheim White leaves the backfield. You put people in conflict. They take the bait. They go for Rodney Gallagher. A blitzer comes free. Jaheim White, reportedly a very good receiver, runs a great corner post. The touch on the pass gets over the cornerback. Fingertip catch before the ball hits the turf. 75-yard touchdown. Folks, that's the game. It's 14-0 since not getting back into it. They've been stunned. And that is not an offense engineered to play from behind. 21-7, second quarter, late in the first half. Neil Brown says, hey, Garrett Green, this is your life. What do you do? 21-7. You're familiar with Garrett Green's body of work. Might throw one to the other team here. Might make something special happen. Guess what happens? Something special. They get the ball with 92 seconds left. They score in 52 seconds. Run by Green. Pass to Taylor. Pass to Taylor. Run by Green. Should not be that easy. And it was. Four plays, 75 yards. That follows a two-play, 40-yard touchdown drive, too. They were really good on offense again. And against a defense that's not this bad. Go back to that end of the half touchdown, though. Put it in Green's hands. Makes two good throws in the middle of two good run plays where he just decides that he's going to do something. One was a draw. Gained about 30 yards. Last one's on him. Makes it happen. Splits the defense, runs away from some guys, angles toward the end zone that's on him. But in between, some cool stuff happened there. Um, slot receivers are kind of picky sometimes on how you use them. Your smaller guys, your quicker guys, you could put them on the field side. Because they can run away. You know, a small guy against a slower or bigger defender, on the field side, he's going to have more opportunity to run away. The field side is the open side of the field, the wide side of the field. You're going to have a chance to run away from guys there. Just You have more room. Bigger guys, not quite as easy. So they can create openings, but they might close if you have more room because you're not as fast as a slot receiver. So, for example, the speed difference between a Rodney Gallagher and a Cole Taylor. Well, Cole Taylor might be able to get open, but can he stay open as long as Gallagher? Can he open up and get away from a defensive back like Gallagher? Maybe not. But if you remember from our preview podcast, we talked about the slot coverage for Cincinnati. Not very good. Um, A lot of targets and a lot of success. And they had a bigger, slower defender that they put in that spot, on the boundary, in that hybrid role. And West Virginia found it and picked on him in this spot here. They knew Taylor was big enough, but also fast enough to get open, kind of leverage himself open, but also get away from the slower defender. But because you're in the boundary, the short side of the field, he doesn't have to stay open long. So maybe the defender can close that gap if there's more room. There's not. Green makes two really good throws to move the ball in the middle of that drive. 28-7 to at the half, and that just, that really hurt Cincinnati. The 14-0 deficit, I think, was too much for them, especially the body language. Some of the cues from the sideline, let's juggle our coaches, or let's juggle our quarterback, let's not go for it on fourth down, fourth downs, maybe. Now, maybe the quarterback position isn't strong for them, but they definitely tried to change it up and didn't go through, didn't follow through in that first drive. And actually, Emory Jones played most of the game. Maybe because the backup quarterback isn't supposed to play from behind. Maybe he's a balanced guy, like a run it more than you pass a kind of a guy. Or maybe pass it and run it about the same. Jones can throw the ball. And he had to here, and that was not going to work today. But also, getting to 21-7 at the end of the first half, going to locker room 21-7, you get the second half kickoff, you feel like you have a chance. Go down 28-7, puts a lot of pressure on that first drive of the second half. And guess what? They punted to start the second half. West Virginia got the ball. And just squeeze the life out of Cincinnati. 12 plays, 88 yards, 709 off the clock. Impressive. I don't want to tell you all, this is a pretty good offense. When it stays out of its way, doesn't commit penalties, doesn't put the ball on the ground or put it in danger, turnovers otherwise, they can be efficient. And today, very efficient, very effective, and I would say dynamic at times. But the stats just do not lie here. 634 yards, 424 on the ground, 31 first downs. We'll get back to that eleven third slash fourth downs so that's third downs and then maybe a fourth down they go for it they were six for eleven on third down they were two for two on fourth down that makes them eight for 11 in those situations 9.8 yards per play 17.5 per completion 9.2 per rush and when it really mattered four for four in the red zone with four touchdowns End up four for six a knee at the end of the game it just you know whatever it gets away one turnover, interception by Garrett Green, but that's after he threw a touchdown pass. That gets wiped out by like a Kaipoera kick by Jaheim White. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. Like to say he tripped the guy is an understatement. He had like a hand planted and spun his leg out. I mean, you might see that like on tutorials for MMA. About the only thing that White did wrong 34 49 of possession. You're just not going to beat West Virginia when they had the ball for 35 minutes. They don't turn it over. Eh, One today, that hurts. But to get those first downs, to convert those third downs, really important. And why is that the case, Mike? Why is that so important? Well, let's go back to the fresh set. Don't know if you read this. Don't know why you don't. It's got all the answers. But some of the keys they had to do here? One, just don't mess around in this game. Don't play with your food. Cincinnati's 3-7 and seven for a reason. They are vulnerable at times. They have to play a specific game. We talked about the similarities between the two pro- two programs. I think you saw that tonight. If West Virginia had trailed Cincinnati 14-0, 21-7, 28-7, 42-7, are they getting back in it? No, too hard. West Virginia got those leads. And a pretty good team as a front runner. We've seen that throughout the year. Convert third and fourth downs, get touchdowns instead of field goals, don't turn the ball over. Those are pretty common things, but they're heightened in a game like this, especially when the teams are similar. You create the differences by not creating the differences. But Cincinnati had only defended 59 points per game, excuse me, 59 plays per game. That's the fewest in the Big 12. So that defense can be fresh, can be out of the scope. If it's not in the field, that's good for that defense. Only 10 teams had defended fewer plays per game. But what happened Saturday? West Virginia snapped at 65 times. Not a great difference. But if you look at the stats in the first, second, and third quarter especially the first and second quarter when this game was decided 20 plays for West Virginia in the first quarter eight Cincinnati 13 23 in the second quarter Cincinnati gets back a little bit but you're looking at 33 in the first half In the third quarter West Virginia kind of methodical 18 snaps now you're at 51 through three quarters this is on the way to be over what Cincinnati is comfortable with what they're accustomed to doing on defense West Virginia got them out of their comfort zone and again this is that Ohio driver I can say that I'm from Ohio In the left lane doing 55 miles an hour you hate it it's annoying just frustrates you but you can't get past it you can't catch up you can't get around it that's the way they do it how about Jaheem White starts in place of CJ Donaldson the team has the third highest rushing total since it joined the Big 12 high since 2015 that's what CJ Donaldson getting just five carries for 20 yards a touchdown in a ninth straight game though that is without Doug Nestor that is with Brandon Yates playing about a quarter. So down your starting running back and two offensive linemen. You're still good enough to run for 424 and almost a first down per carry. Pretty good. Why? White, 204 yards, 9.7 per carry, one touchdown, along a 47. And then Garrett Green, 11, 154, three touchdowns. I would say nine of those, eight of those. Are either called runs or RPOs where he kept it. Maybe two or three scrambles. And one was a touchdown? That's on him. That's good. But also green. 12 for 19. 210 yards. So more accurate. 63% completion. That's up from the 50-52 you're kind of accustomed to. And again, 17.5 yards per completion. He's going to be up there again. Top eh, 4 or 5 in the country in yards per completion. Have you guys seen the movie Blackberry? It's about the Blackberry. The meteoric rise and the unpredictable fall of the cell phone. Legend. There's a lot in the movie. One of the characters says, who wouldn't want a cell phone that has a keyboard? And we think about that now. But think about the quarterback position. Who wouldn't want a quarterback that can run the ball? Now, there might have been times where you pine for an offense that was a little bit more prolific with the pass. Maybe the quarterback was more classically trained in the pocket. He can hit the mesh and the digs and the flags and the goes and all that stuff, right? Air raid stuff that you saw on TV, whether it was Riley or Holgerson or Leach or Gundy or any one of the other air raid architects. Hadn't clicked like that at West Virginia. You wonder, man, why couldn't Daigie do it? Couldn't JT Daniels do it? Why like hadn't Gary Green done it? And then you see Gary Green running around like he did today, and like he has when he's been up at his heights this season. You say, kind of like a stuffing with the keyboard. And maybe we go back to that, because he looks like he has something on offense that this offense has lacked. And for him to bounce back the way he did Saturday against a lesser opponent, certainly not as talented, But he was hot from the start, and they put it in his hands. And they've reached a point with him where they just kind of say, listen, the best way that we can perform on offense is to put the most possible on your shoulders, and you have to do something with it. So they've done that. And he carried through today like he was supposed to. Offensive line played well. Receivers, good enough. Tight ends, good enough. When you run for that type of yardage and you put up those numbers on offense, it's not one person. You can't give it all to Garrett Green. To credit coaches for coming up some stuff that worked, and... Being simple, being deceptive, too. Thin down the playbook. Remember that? They're threatening to take all the pages away from Garrett Green. Well, maybe there wasn't a whole lot of pages, but they did a lot with it. In the passing game, too. So that's good. And then just for little wrinkles like Jaheim White. Again, here's an offense, guys, that has just given you different looks and different reasons to lean in and go, ooh, that's different. Ooh, that's effective. Sometimes to play with tempo. The formations, the motion, the unbalanced lines, the heavy lines. Two back sets. Rodney Gallagher is a running back or a receiver or both. Devin Carter playing the slot. So on and so forth. You've heard all these examples. you got Jaheim White. Not just as a player. We knew he was a player. We've seen him at 100 yards before. We've seen him pop six, seven, eight yards of carry. Guy was leading the big 12 in yards per carry coming in. Not by accident. But the pistol formation tonight. Here's a quick guy that they made faster. Because when you're in the pistol, you're not the sidecar and the quarterback. Quarterback's like a semi-shotgun and you're behind him, but you're in the middle. You have not declared where you're going. If you're on the left side, you're probably going to the right. Maybe you get that toss on the left side from the left side, but as soon as that ball is snapped, you're going somewhere. And it's easier for the defense to guess and read. And it's also hard to get started again because if your first step on the left side of the quarterback is to the right, it's not forward. So you got to get the ball, slide, glide, and then get your shoulders square while you're running a zone play so you can get up the field. And if you're a one-cut guy like Jaheim White, that's not easy. Especially when your asset is like your size and your speed combination where you can get out of sight and squirt through. He's not small, just not tall. So now you're putting him behind a quarterback, so you're kind of already obscuring him. And he's not declaring which side he's going to. So he's not on the left or right where you can guess if he's going to the right or the left based on his alignment. And then his first step is forward. It's downhill quick for him. He's not having to go left or right and then get his shoulders square. He's starting going in the direction he's headed and his shoulders are square. He's already going downhill. So that's something else you have to worry about with this offense. Here we are, week 11. Adding stuff to the offense for West Virginia. That's pretty good. Defensively, hard to say. Just a very scrambled Cincinnati attack on offense. And again, get derailed. They can't play this game. You know They want to be the ones doing 55 in the left lane. Didn't get a chance. Good rushing offense. Didn't get a whole lot going. Just weird quarterback stuff. I think if it had a do-over, they'd probably go for it on fourth down. Because sure, they were going to need points. Now you know that, but they probably knew that coming in too. And I just wonder why they didn't do it. Especially committing to the quarterback change. They wanted to get something going. That's why they started a new quarterback. And they had a chance and they didn't do it but West Virginia's defense really kept them from going places. Corey Connor's a good running back, way under his average. Miles Montgomery, number three in the Big 12 in yards per carry, barely got in the field today. Just not a lot of staffs and a lot lot of situations for them to establish the run and pound and pound and pound and and, get a fresh running back in and wear on the defense. That wasn't the game today. Have some good players, good receivers. Xavier Henderson's a handful. Big receiver, man. Watching him before the game, he looks like a man out there. Six catches, 104 yards, had a 55-yard catch. Targeted 13 times, though, so give Beanie Bishop credit. By the way, Beanie Bishop's season remains something else. All the numbers he has for leading the country in pass breakups, passes defended being top three, I believe, in interceptions. He had been targeted 71 times entering the game. That was number three in the country. Why are guys throwing the ball at him? they are scared of Malachi Ruffin? Maybe that's a secret we haven't told yet. It's not 59 points, though. It's not a barrage of drives and, and highlight plays and one player just giving you the business over and over and over. Took a trick play to get in the end zone once. Bunch of the drives in the second half. Kind of scattered lineups for the Mountaineers. Game was never in doubt. And for West Virginia, just following the script. Again, come out really hot in that first quarter. Dig. Get that Oklahoma game out of your system. Take control early. And then we mentioned this as well in the previews. Cincinnati, just not a good second-half team. Not a good third-quarter team. Outscored 14-0 today. Not good. And the third quarter was telling. 14 points for West Virginia. 162 yards. No points. 34 yards for Cincinnati. 18 plays to 12, not a huge spread. First downs though, 10 to 2. That's West Virginia football. And the time of possession, 10:17 to 4:43. And that first drive by West Virginia in the second half, again that 12 play, 88 yards, 7:09 uh, off the clock, I believe it was. That's a ton of time. And again, just that that sequence. And again, it happens over a longer time because halftime there. But for Cincinnati to score, make it 21-7, give up a quick touchdown drive to Green, where he makes it two very good throws. That were planted again. Designed for Taylor. Punt by Cincinnati. Long touchdown drive at West Virginia. That's the game in a nutshell. Never got it back. So now what for West Virginia? Well, you check on the health of a Doug Nestor. A CJ Donaldson. Kind of hope the weather's maybe not blistering in Waco on Saturday. And finish strong. A chance for another two-game winning streak here. Which would be a pretty good sign off in a bowl game. And just watch... The Big 12 pick itself apart and maybe a bounce up to the Liberty. Guaranteed rate. Get yourself a good bowl game against a Power 5 opponent. Big 10 in the guaranteed rate in Phoenix. SEC in a Liberty in Memphis. Wrap up a good season with a good win on the road against a Baylor team that... Oh, what's going on with Baylor? Have they given up? Not sure. But three and eight after a 42-17 loss at TCU on Saturday. Um, led seven nothing. And then TCU scored 14 14 14 in the final three quarters to so run right away with that one. TCU stays live for a bowl game, five and eight. Hey, Texas Tech, TCU might be teams with the uh, winning records by the end of this for West Virginia. Slowly but surely the question marks maybe turn into exclamation points. The minus is you just put a perpendicular stripe, but it becomes a positive. Time has a way of helping. That's evident today because West Virginia, not the same team it was a week ago in Norman. Better. Victorious. 42-21. to 21. Not much more to say, so we won't. We'll wrap it up here. Chris will be back in the morning with his, well, I don't even know if there are plays to change the game. Maybe he can focus on that fourth and one decision to punt really early for Cincinnati. But West Virginia had their foot in the throat for most of this game. And if you remember, he didn't do the plays that changed the game last week against Oklahoma because there were none. He'll also have the power rankings for the Big 12, which ought to be really interesting given some of the events that are happening in the Big 12 today. Another interesting week. Oklahoma survives a scare. Oklahoma State, Houston. That was interesting. Oklahoma State rallies. Pulls it off. Good for them. Scary, though. For the Cowboys. Three things I think. Three things I know. Might have written that one during the game. Thanks to the Mountaineers for making that interesting. Snap counts. Who played how much? Got some interesting combinations because of the offensive line injuries and also the nature of the game in the fourth quarter. Got a lot of players in. Might not have otherwise played. So that's good for them. All that and more on the way. Check us out. Press F5. Visit us frequently. Until then, I am Mike Casaza. Chris Anderson, eh, he was missed. He was missed. Until next time, enjoy. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived.